So today we have on the show Alice Clock. She is a dancer, she is a choreographer, and she is one half of the contemporary dance duo Flock and their company Flock Works. Um, Alice, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So I am trying to make a show that's about um, artists facing hard times and examples of past artists who have really overcame struggle to produce impactful work, as well as promoting artists who I feel like are doing something creative to keep art going. And I was really attracted to your creation station um, that you've been running on Instagram for Mm -hmm. 11 weeks now. Um, But I wanted to go back even further than that Um, when back in mid-March, when everything was unraveling, can you tell me what you were up to and how you ended up where you are right now? Yeah. It's funny. I had decided at the end of last year that this was the time for me to basically live on the road and go from gig to gig and, um, basically have no possessions, live out of a suitcase And I'd lined up pretty much all of 2020 and some of 2021 with work so that I could really be bouncing from like one city right into the next. And so as this was kind of, as the pandemic was beginning to really show up here in the States, um, I was not (laughs) professionally maybe prepared to like have a system to fall back on. Um, because obviously what I had planned is so dependent on being able to travel and obviously being able to um, rehearse and create art live. So in March, I I had my last gig, um, which was the end of February into the very beginning of March in Boston, and um, then traveled to Chicago to start a creation with a company in Chicago, Circa Rivera. And just a couple days into that, um, the whole city went into lockdown and we shut down the project. And at that point, we didn't know um, exactly how things would be playing out over the next few weeks. So I ended up just kind of floating in Chicago, um, waiting to sort of hear more from the company about what they wanted to try to continue with. We tried to do a little bit of work um, long distance. But it ended up being that, obviously, everything kind of has been very postponed. So after two months of kind of just twiddling my thumbs in Chicago, I, um, I flew back to Washington State, um, where my family lives. And that's where I am now, just kind of hunkering down in nature until it makes sense to come out again. Well, that is certainly a very big shift from life on the road. Um, (laughs) Do you feel okay about how things have panned out so far? I mean, you really placed a bet by hitting the road and um, traveling with it. But even though your plans have gotten canceled, well, first and foremost, how have you dealt with the cancellation of what sounds like a whole year's worth of work? Has it been lost income? Are there negotiations to do it at a later date? 
a lot of it has been postponed, which is so great. I'm so grateful for all of the people that are willing to kind of do that right now. There are a few things that have just sort of disappeared. And there's also the sort of hard truth that some of the places that are able to hire artists like me may not exist in the same way in six months or a year. So it's such a different landscape. And I feel like my mindset throughout this all has been, you know, how do we stay calm and adapt and not put too much energy into grieving the work that we've lost? Um, because for me, that like that just drains any artistic energy I might have. Um, so really taking it in stride and looking ahead or, you know, using this present moment to really recharge and collect other ideas. And I had been so kind of um, just so excited about doing so much, so many different kinds of work that I really had maybe overbooked myself and maybe have overbooking myself for some time. So to have this sort of forced break is already doing good things for um, just kind of my whole mindset around creating and what I do want to be doing in the future. So I'm trying to put a positive slant on it always. Um, obviously, financially, it's um, sometimes terrifying, <laughs> but I'm not, I have some savings from work I've done in the past. And I know that there are people who are in much more dire positions right now. So I'm not, I'm not the one to worry about. Um, and I'm doing a little bit of teaching online, which is Oh, great. Support that. Yeah. How has your home setup been? I know that you're obviously a wonderful dancer choreographer, but you're also a visual artist. So I'm curious what the art setup is like, whether it's painting station or your dance studio. Yeah, it's definitely dependent on the place. When I was in Chicago for those two months, I was in an Airbnb and I had a hallway with amazing linoleum. It was very small, very small space, but the floor was actually totally cool for dancing. So I converted the hallway into this mini studio and it kind of became very attached to that little space actually and did a lot of, <laughs> did a lot of interesting research there. Um, and I had like zero art supplies. I had one pad of gray paper and a small bunch of colored pencils. So my my style was very limited to kind of experimenting with, um, like I don't usually use gray paper. I just kind of had it by accident. So that ended up being kind of an interesting forced um, creative experiment as well. And now I'm actually really interested in that, like what I can do with that sort of different approach to medium. Um, yeah, and then here now at home, I don't have a dancing space. Um, but there is a local studio, which is closed right now, but they've been letting me come in once a week um, to work in a studio space. So that's been great. That's amazing. Well. I know. I feel almost like super privileged. I know that everyone right now is just trying to, you know, make some makeshift studio. And so to have one for one one day a week is great. I've seen some very impressive home studio setups. Um, it work. I'm I'm taking wall bar right now, but um, 
<laughs> oh, well, we do what we can. Yeah. But are you able to stay there all day? Are you the only person that has the privilege? Or is there like a rotating list of people in the area? I believe they have a rotating list of people. So I have like my designated day. And as far as I can tell, I'm the only one that comes in on that day. Maybe people come in later in the day. And I have sort of a a chunk of a few hours. I teach my class. Um, I've been live streaming a class on Flock's Instagram. Um, So I do that. And then I work on sort of material. Um, Yeah, so it's working out well. Well, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, So how did the idea of Creation Station come out? And for people who don't know what we're talking about, could you explain a little bit of what Creation Station has is or has become? Yeah, so I guess right after Chicago went into lockdown and I was living inside like everybody else, I realized the main thing that I was really missing was being around other artistic people. Um, I love choreographing in a room of, you know, everyone's different. Everyone has their own impulses. And that to me is just so, it just like gives me life being around those kinds of energies. So I was missing that. (laughs) And I have a fairly substantial following on Instagram. And I was thinking, how can I sort of switch the roles with my Instagram and use it as a platform to um, show other people's creativity and not just dancers, but all artists of any medium and any skill level. I feel like so often the only things we see are, um, more professionally produced things, or we don't see a lot of, Oh, someone's first attempt at drawing or someone's first dance that they've ever tried to do. And I feel like those are also such beautiful examples of human creativity. And sometimes they're even my favorite when it's like someone tried this for the first time and what came out of them they have no programmed defaults that come from being trained and I feel like with this situation that we're experiencing worldwide a lot of people are having more time on their hands they're looking for something that's fulfilling and making art even if it's your first time can be that in people's lives so I wanted to encourage that kind of creativity so creation station basically is I put out a prompt every Monday I make a little video and I invite artists to send in their work you know take a video of them dancing or record them singing something they've composed or a screenshot of something they've written Um, all of it is either a video or a picture and they send it to my direct messages on Instagram and then I compile all of them and then on the weekend after a week of creating I share everybody's work so there's no curation really there. I, I select kind of a diverse collection for a main post, trying to cover as many mediums as I can. And then the rest I just share on my story all weekend. Yeah, so that's the concept. One of the most interesting interesting things about Creation Station for me is the medium itself and how Instagram is hosting this whole artistic process. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how that has influenced the project and um, and also the benefits of being online as opposed to in person with artists in the same room. Yeah, social media gets a lot of flack and often with very good reason. 
and there are some things about a platform like Instagram that I think are really amazing in that they do offer, um, you know, you can, you can share in this really widespread way. And I've had a lot of people from all over the world sending me things for Creation Station. The majority is actually international art. Wow, that's amazing. It's just so incredible. And the things that they will write along with their pieces or the conversations that start between me and them or even between people who've seen their work and then start writing comments. Um, I think it's just at a time when like all these borders are closing, it felt like a very expansive thing. And I'm getting to know artists in other countries that I never would have gotten to know otherwise. So I think that's an incredibly powerful thing. And obviously there are limitations in that I can only share up to a minute of someone's piece. Um, and it's this tiny format. Uh, so it's not built for like high res experience, but in a way that lends itself also to the sort of somewhat casual energy I want to keep around creation station, which is like, it doesn't have to be polished. That's not what creativity always means. And I want it to feel like a comfortable place. Um, so I think, I think the platform supports the concept fairly well and definitely has shaped though how I have designed it. But on another platform, it might be really difficult to actually share it as efficiently as I can on Instagram. Like if I'm sharing 50 or 60 pieces a week, if that's on um, YouTube or something, if I'm trying to make a YouTube video that shares all that, that's like a 20, 30 minute video versus having like basically a 10 minute max excerpted main post and then the story which people can kind of flow in and out of and I try to spread it out over the two days of the weekend so it's not like everyone is asked to watch everything at once just kind of sprinkle it through so yeah I think I think the platform supports the idea pretty well and it definitely sounds like you've taken it into consideration a lot in terms of what you're able to produce and also how you've been distributing it. Mm -hmm. How has the audience grown over the almost three months that this has been going? Um, it's interesting. At first, when I first started the project, I feel like the people who had been following me previous to me putting it out were sort of confused and maybe a little bit like, I don't want to see this content. This isn't what I signed up for. And so I felt almost like I had a drop in followers for the first couple weeks of Creation Station. But I feel like over time, I am collecting a different group of followers who are interested in Creation Station. That's why they're showing up. So it's diversifying my audience for sure. And for me, like Instagram has never been like, I need more people. And so if I lose some people when I do something like this, it's fine. It's a totally cool trade off. And I feel like over time, it's balancing out. And just the response from people as far as like what they would write and how they engaged with it made me feel immediately like this is something that people do want. And, you know, it encouraged me to continue to do it. And over time, there have been more and more submissions. And there are people that make things every single week and engage just so thoughtfully with each prompt. It's so beautiful. I just, it's 
for me, it's just, it makes my life. It's just amazing. So I also feel like even if I'm just showing up for those 10 or 15 people that really want to make something every week, that's cool too. Definitely. Um, what are some of the, some noteworthy or um, some noteworthy submissions or some of those loyal followers that you just mentioned? Is there anyone you want to shout out? Oh, there are so many. That's a hard question. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I feel like, I feel like for me, the people that really take the prompt and really think about that and how they're creating the piece are always like the superstars each week. And the, and that's different people every week. Sometimes it's harder with the international thing and translating the prompt, which has been an interesting thing to adapt to, to, re, to realize like, okay, people are Google translating the prompt that I'm giving. So I need to make sure that I can articulate it in a way that's going to work over many different languages. And that's been an interesting thing to think about in prepping material and yeah, looking in that more kind of global way. And I'm sure it also helps artistically to be thinking what's something that can transcend cultural differences. For sure. For sure. It's super interesting to see the response that Creation Station has had on your page. I think I've seen like over 4,000 views on your most recent creation station video which if you know one percent of those people submit work then that's a lot of work um i've always felt like instagram is sort of the linkedin of the dance world specifically but also i can see the case for visual art and really any artistic profession do you see creation you said you wanted to keep it very casual but um does it inspire you to think about work with any of those people? Yeah, it does. Which wasn't my intention to like use it networking wise, but accidentally through that, I've discovered a number of artists that again, like I wouldn't have found otherwise and people that I would definitely be interested in collaborating with and just people that are creating work from such a different background from me like it's really beautiful to see submissions of dance from different countries and just see how the aesthetic on like the most essential level is different so everything that grows from that has just this different feeling and I find that super super interesting because I feel like sometimes in the U.S. we we define dance in a slightly limited way or maybe every country does this we define it in sort of our bubble and things like whether your foot is pointed or like those things don't matter or, or it's a completely different technique from other places. So really kind of delving into that is really inspiring also for me as a dance maker to continue to see things that influence me to let go of maybe those preconceived ideals that just might not be kind of overarchingly valid. But yeah, to back to your question, for sure, there are people that um, I'm now like following their work more consistently and and I've made a couple sort of creative friendships through this process as well. People that I feel like we have, you know, conversations now about creation just as a thing, which is really cool. That's awesome. And that also captures, I assume, the 
international nature of the prompts and responses. That's so cool. And it's amazing to me that, you know, you just give them a little spark. Every person that submits something just hears you say, make a piece about a time that you were in contact with the supernatural. And that's all the encouragement that so many artists need to get to work and make something really cool. So it's amazing that you're providing that. And amazing that they're going with it, you know, like that Mm -hmm. one little tiny spark. You can see people then put in hours, maybe days to creating something that felt like it applied to that prompt. So I'm just like incredibly impressed with people (laughs) that they're really putting in that time and that intention. Yeah. And you said earlier that there's no specific curation and that you're dedicated to releasing all of the work, but it's, you know, over the course of time, it does turn into this huge gallery of work that whenever anyone goes back on your Instagram, they can go through. And it's always, it's almost like an online museum at this point. Yeah. And it feels like such a like beautiful record of this time to me. Like we're going to have all of the trauma of what we're going through embedded in us for a long time. And I feel like seeing also what is being beautifully made right now and keeping a record of that is important to me as well. And hopefully I, I find it very uplifting and I hope that other people also feel like it's helping in some way. Are you also doing a creation station response every week? I am not. I thought about it at first and I actually did one for my first week that I ended up never sharing. I really feel like I don't really want to, I don't want it to be about me at all. (laughs) Like I I, I feel like (laughs) it feels good to just take myself completely out of the picture. And if I sort of dabble in creating something for the prompt, I don't, I haven't been sharing those things. But I am working on my own kind of other separate projects alongside it. So I'm trying to stay creative as well. But in a way, like at first, when this first started, I couldn't find that drive myself to create anything. And so I felt like doing a couple weeks of creation stations sort of while I was in the midst of feeling just totally uninspired by anything sort of helped me also shift out of that sort of initial lockdown depression and feeling inspired by those people that were sending and stuff. Has that been your main source of inspiration in the past three months? Are there alternate sources that you're going to when you feel unmotivated or uninspired? I feel like it has been the main source. I always also, uh, I talked to Florian the other half of block all the time and he is really good at talking me out of my lack of inspiration um so he also keeps me he keeps me making things and keeps me feeling positive and so that's really helpful as well and now that I'm here in Washington and have more contact with nature like in Chicago obviously I really didn't leave my apartment and something about that like being very contained in the city inside was hard for me to like find my artistic life force. But I feel like here being in nature, I feel that that's kind of everywhere. So that's been helping a lot as well. Yeah, it is great. I'm in San Francisco right now. And even thinking about 
being in Chicago for this is just sad and cold. <laughs> um, it, was, it was, and it was even warm outside, but it felt it felt sad and cold. Yeah, but <laughs> nature is healing always. Absolutely. Looking towards the future, do you have any intimation about how you think the dance industry is going to be shaken up? That's sort of the question right now, isn't it? And I feel oh, like... Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I Honestly, I feel as lost as, as everyone else and incredibly dependent on whatever that answer is. I don't feel that I want to shift my work to being all online. Like this whole experience has made me realize how much I really value the physicality of dance, experiencing it live, creating it live, performing it with other people. Those very tangible aspects are a big part of everything I do with my work. And like Flock, which is built off of basically partnering as its main thing and this very intricate style of partnering, is something that will be potentially difficult to to translate into either an online version or a six feet apart version. Um, Obviously, again, like I said at the beginning, I feel like adaptability is just what we have to hold on to at this time. So I feel that, you know, I will adapt as needed to whatever the landscape is. But kind of for this summer, I'm just watching and taking in data and seeing what that landscape is going to be and how to build the most sort of authentic response to that that I can so yeah I don't know I feel that hopefully people will be excited to return to or to find whatever kind of connection we can have with the arts through this I do feel like people are missing it and realizing that it's hard when you can't experience it so I'm I'm hopeful that the energy around art will become more and more, just that artists will be recognized as being important parts of society. And so I have hopes for the future as far as, as that is concerned. But I think it's going to be a long and difficult road. I don't have any, I don't feel like it's going to be a, a quick fix or that we'll be out of this by, you know, the end of the summer. I think it's going to be a big transition for everyone. But yeah, for now, I'm just collecting data and and kind of figuring out how I will step forward into that next phase, whatever that is. Yeah. And it is always an adaptation, like you said. But in my mind, I look to you who is, as someone who is somewhat better prepared than I would say a lot of the dance industry in the sense that you do already have this online presence. Mm Mm-hmm. And sort of, as you noted, with Creation Station attracting a more general audience than maybe the more industry following that you had before, it's great to consider how the work could transfer online. Absolutely. And I mean, we're already seeing such amazing things with training that people who would never have access to a class with these amazing people that are offering classes are able to get some really great, important artistic contact, which is just amazing. And I feel like that's something that hopefully will also carry through through this time and beyond, that we continue to have more access for people who maybe don't live somewhere where they can go take high-level dance classes and things like that. 
Um, and again, like with teaching online, the people that have been coming to my classes are from all over the world. So feeling also that I'm able to connect with people that I wouldn't be able to connect with otherwise is really fulfilling. Yeah. It must feel even more flattering when you consider some of them are up at four in the morning to take your class. I know it's wild. We, <laughs> we've started to save our classes, our flock classes oh, good. for 24 hours because we were getting messages from people in Korea or like Australia being like, I really can't, you know, take your class in the middle of the night. So yeah, again, just thinking about everything that you're doing in a more global way, like I was saying with the the translations or, or with the times that you're choosing to teach and, you know, how can you be as accessible as you can be? Yeah, definitely. Is there any chance of flock reuniting before any official work, just you and Florian on the Instagram page, working it out for a month or two? (laughs) I mean, that sounds really fun to me. Depends obviously on um, the international travel experience. Mm. Um, He's in Germany right now and we're watching just kind of how that will all evolve and seeing how it it goes it would be amazing and we're we're thinking about this as a possibility if things go on longer like how can we just find each other and do sort of like a residency type thing just make a ton of material together because that is productive for if we wanted to present online in some way or if we wanted to create material for future projects all of that feels like good work to be doing we did just do kind of a long distance collaboration with emily larish from sweden where she's dancing in sweden we made a film with her um so doing continuing to do things like that help help us feel like oh we're still continuing flock projects in some way even though it's obviously really morphing and changing and we we started working on like a a solo. We've been saying for years, we should make a solo so that, you know, if we have a long show, we can just, you know, throw a solo in there to, to make the program feel better. Because we do. We That's do a great things. idea. Yeah. So we started working on Zoom on a solo that, that we can use for the future. So that's been good as well. And like I said, we talk every, you know, couple of days, which just helps to keep sort of the flocky feeling going in our lives. So far, like our, our work is still, we still have a few things scheduled or on the schedule in the fall uh, with some universities. Who knows if they'll actually happen for now, they're still there, but we'll just see. Sure. Is it partially more flexible if you're doing educational projects as opposed to a performance-based project? Have you been in contact with any residences mm-hmm. that it might still be on just because it could transition to an online experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that right now that's definitely the stronger camp is the education camp in that, you know, even if you somehow find a way of generating material with a company, they may not have any way of presenting it for a long time. So most of those things have really been um, pushed to the side. And also we had, for this year, a number of festivals or performances that we were going to be doing. And those obviously as well haven't been able to find a way of switching to being online. So basically the majority of the work that we have still on kind of the schedule is universities or schools, which again is is great. It's good that 
they're able to pivot in that way. And it's making us explore different ways of teaching, which I think will only kind of help us teach in person as well. So yeah, that feels like the place where there's more possibilities right now. That makes a lot of sense. And um, I mean, just in general, I'm super interested to see what happens to the university system with dance programs for sure, but even more generally, just if classes are all online, how many people are going to decide they don't want to do online class? Right. Looking to the future, what do you see as your responsibility in this moment or artists' responsibility in the moment? I feel like I'll just speak for myself <laughs> to start that that my responsibility is to keep finding ways to create art or use art as a tool for uplifting and healing people. You know, every day there's so many horrible things you can read about and those are things that are happening. It's like very real world stuff and it's important that we pay attention to those things and react to those things. But I think it's also important to continue to create beautiful or powerful, um, meaningful work as a balancer to that. So that's kind of what I feel is my responsibility, reacting to the times, responding to the times, but also not necessarily going with the energy of despair <laughs> that is so kind of easy to feel when you reach out into the world. Um, so trying to continue to tap into like, what is beautiful? What is, what are those things that give you that, that life force and that will to carry on and feel um, inspired and strong, things like that. So that's my goal. And I feel like more broadly, we just need to all keep creating artists. That's our responsibility is to keep finding ways of doing what we do and putting it out there because it is so important and it is, it does more than we know. And I think sometimes as artists, we forget how powerful our work is. And like, for me, it's, it's the tiniest things. Like I'll stumble across some artist online. I've never seen their drawings before or something. And I'll go into this kind of rabbit hole of following their work. And then I'll just feel amazing afterwards like and and they don't know they don't know that those three pictures they put on the internet changed my day so I think just continuing to believe in that power and continuing to put it out there yeah I think that's the best that that we can do right now definitely um in a moment we're gonna wrap up but as someone who's connected to it I just wanted to get your opinion on um, Lucante closing and mm. HS Pro ending and all of your feelings around Hubbard Street in the moment. Yeah, it's obviously very complex. I feel like I really grew up at Hubbard Street and in the Lucante studios and I feel so much love for that building even though it has its challenges. <laughs> um, but it definitely feels like home to me. And they've been talking for some time about moving. So it wasn't, it wasn't like I believed 
the building would be there forever. The studio would be there forever. But when it closed, I was really, really sad. Mm -hmm. And same with HS Pro ending. I feel like it's such an amazing group of people they have there. And all of those dancers are just incredible. And I know that they'll take everything that they learned. Um, Alexandra Wells has done just such a beautiful job with that program and bringing in a really diverse group of, again, very uplifting artists, people that know how to sort of bring joy into art making and the approach to art making. So I know all of the people that have trained there will go on and do really great things, but it does feel, it feels like a sad ending for me. And I think for a lot of people involved with Hubbard Street to just see those things kind of drift away. And in Mm -hmm. this time where, you know, the company can't exist necessarily in a tangible way, those other, those other elements were sort of pillars of the organization to a certain extent. So it seems like the pillars are just kind of becoming less and less. And, And now we have just sort of this online entity right now. So it will be really interesting to see how they evolve and what happens next. Again, I have, you know, hope that they will be able to really come out of this in a in a good way and head in a good direction, but it's hard. It's hard to it's hard to see and some of it is I'm sure just my nostalgia, you know, in that I was there long enough that I became attached to those things. But sometimes for change to happen, those things need to drop away as well. Sure you know, bringing in the new stuff. So we'll see. Yeah. Have you been in contact with Glenn or any of the dancers? A bit. We just did an online process with HS Pro. So, um, which was really fun. It was, again, they're just amazing, amazing artists. And through that, we had more contact with the company than we've had in a while, which was just lovely. They're just all beautiful people and I love Glenn like we started at the same time he became director the same year that I joined and so I feel like I've kind of gone along with him on on a journey to a certain extent (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're all beautiful people definitely yeah I just wanted to ask it hits close to me too because I took my first dance class Mm -hmm. in that studio and it's sad to see it go but i know that hubbard street will rise from the ashes in a beautiful way yeah is there anything you want to say to the world (laughs) that's such a uh, uh, profound question Um, (laughs) no guarantee they'll hear it but if you want to put it out there (laughs) yeah i guess i would just say the world that we should all have hope and keep doing the best we can and keep tapping into whatever it is that gives us life and the energy to do good in the world Mm -hmm. and that's that's what our lives are for you know we're here to do the best we can to make the world a better place so good luck to everybody that's my message amen um where can people find you and get in touch with you and learn about your work the easiest is probably through my instagram i am clockonian just k-l-o-c-k-o-n-i-a-n um or my website 
which is www.clockonian.com. And from there, you can find kind of all my info. And I'm always open to receive messages if people have any questions or, you know, want to ask about being an artist or advice, all those things. I have a very open communication with people. So everyone is free to send me messages on Instagram and things like that, keeping the dialogue open. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me, Alice. Thank you so much. It's great what you're doing. Thanks. I appreciate it. Hey, everyone. This is Aiden. If you liked the podcast, please check me out at Starving Art Pod on Instagram to get the latest news around the show and hear about the inside process of making the show. Thanks for listening and stay strong and have love. Bye.